find out today about a crazy phishing technique that's targeting Amazon sellers you need to be aware about. Also about what does click and collect mean and what did Jeff write in his annual letter to the shareholders? How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and I'm joined by my old partner in crime from the AMA episodes, Matt Benton, the marketing manager here at Helium 10. Matt, how's it going? Hello, hello. Good morning, Bradley. Thanks for having me on. All right. Good to be on air with you again. Missed you here, and I'm sure all of our listeners did too. And today we're doing a what's going on in the world of Amazon as far as news goes. And I want to hop right into this because this, I think, is potentially something very serious that sellers need to know what is going on. This link was sent to us. It's actually a link to the Amazon services seller forms from a seller who was just giving a kind of a warning to everybody to let them know what almost happened. And and I'm reading this. I'm like, I bet you nine out of 10 people, they would have got these people. But this guy is like super, super smart here and was able to detect this treachery here. So our, our listeners have no idea what I'm talking about. So, so Matt, why don't you give them a overview? Um, we're on this post right now and looking at, this is something you guys can search for in the seller forms, but give us an overview of what happened here with this Sage Maiden. I don't know what their real name is, but that's what they, that's what their name on the board is. So what happened to him? Yeah. So this one's interesting and it's kind of scary if you read through it. And like you said, the gentleman had really good precautionary measures in place, but what happened was one of his employees approached him and said that Someone from Amazon had been calling saying that there were a multitude of different things and issues with their account that they needed to address. So what really happened was Amazon called about suspicious activity. And when I say Amazon, we're not sure if that's Amazon. Quote unquote Amazon. Right. All right. So I'm looking here and the first one was, it was interesting because uh, the call, do you notice who the caller ID was from? Like where the location was? Yeah. It said it was from Washington state, but the gentleman said that they had a Ukrainian accent. And he had been living in overseas for about the last six years. So that's how he picked up on that. But uh, his English was pretty good. And uh, so that's kind of a a scary thing. But that's how he picked it up first. Yeah. And he even said that the English uh, of this gentleman was better than any Amazon overseas rep. So it's not like, oh, that was a red flag to him. No, that wasn't a red flag because this one, this individual could speak English better than most of the Amazon reps. But then the initial or or the caller, when he called the boss now, I'm assuming, okay, so so the first employee, he, he couldn't figure out what was going on. So, so he told quote unquote, Amazon seller central to call him back. And now the boss answered the phone and he told them, you know, the, the, the supposed Amazon rep said that he had detected suspicious activity and wanted to send the cell phone associated with the account, a special code to validate the account. Now that's crazy because did the boss give them the phone number that? No, no right. Uh-huh. No. So basically for me, that would have been like, oh, okay, this must be legit. You know, how would he know my phone number? To send this code to this is this is pretty this is pretty cool, right? But how dangerous is that? So then he literally got the text, right? And then it said Amazon account review. Please click on the link below to sign in your account. Now, when he clicked on that link, what did it bring him to? Yeah, after he clicked on the link, it brought him to a standard Amazon SC login. Except the site is shown as a long URL. So that was red flag number one for the business owner. Yeah, it was like Seller Central dash trust dash Amazon or something like that. So he was like, okay, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of us, you know, might not have noticed that, but, but he did. So that was his first red flag. And then when he questioned that, what, what did that, the so-called rep say? It sounded like the rep was cool, calm and collected, right? 
and he had probably done this before. Yeah. I mean, most of these guys who do these scams are, are like professional, you know, like we make fun of it sometimes we get these, uh, Hey, um, I am a prince from Wakanda and, uh, you just inherited $10 million, you know, and, and, and you think these guys are, are, are posers, you know, which they are, but you know, they do this for a living. So like they, they know they probably have a list of like things that they can say and what to say. So he was calm, cool and collected. What was the second red flag for him? Yeah. So what he noticed, it's funny. This guy sounds like he's really dialed in. He noticed there was no security certificate on the site. Do you even know how to do that? I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Sometimes though, it'll show up in the search bar with like a little lock or site authenticated or mm. verified site, something like that. So I guess he noticed that that wasn't there. Okay. All right. So that was red flag number two. So the next thing that, that he did was he asked the, the rep to wait while, while he Googled that domain and to see if there's any scam reports, I'm guessing for that seller central trust one. And, and there was nothing there. So, but then he ran one, uh, a who is, I think that, that, that allows you to like look into who's registered this domain. And then, you know, a, bu- a bunch of information came up and then basically like the creation date on this, on this website that who was given was, was just barely a month before. So he's like, okay, there's another red flag right there. There's no way that Amazon just registered this website. And then he looked into like who had registered it. So then after this, he's like, okay, now there's three red flags. He asked the caller to verify he was from Amazon. Now this is the scary part. <laughs> what did this, what did the seller do? Like he was basically like, uh, right, right after he said, you know, he was like, no way this is Amazon. And so when he said, Hey, verify if you are, what did he say? He said, okay. And he told the gentleman the amount of his last payment. And then it gets even crazier. The guy says, next, I asked him to tell me how much I was paid on March 4th. And the rep from Amazon did. All right. Now that's, that, that's just crazy. So like, you know, this guy is like, okay, it seems scammy, but how in the world did this guy know this information. So basically, you know, he's like, I I feel uncomfortable going, going further. And then he said that he was going to open a case through his seller portal to complete the verification, but that he wouldn't be able to continue to use seller central until sometime tomorrow until they wanted to complete the process now. All right. So, so then he said, no, you know, I want to do that. And sure enough, you know, actually seller central was still available to him. So now, now he hangs up with him. And so he's going to go back and he, he's full of these red flags, right? So, so, so how does this pretty genius uh, seller, how does, he, how does he kind of investigate more what's going on? Yeah, so I'm just going to read this short paragraph that explains it really well. He says, I called my employee in and had him walk me through the call that he received. He talked about the guy needing to validate the account, sending him a text, and he logged in. Ding, ding, ding. So, yep. So here, like, it looks like the, you know, the was probably wasn't a VA. It looks like he was, a he was talking to him as just a regular employee from his office and he actually did log in. So the employee had one of the sub accounts. Now, you know, with sub accounts, as we all know, have visibility on some things, but what didn't he have access to? Yeah. So he didn't have access to the most important thing, which is the bank account. So no bank account info. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, that would have been my question too. Like, okay, maybe that's why, you know, if my, if he got in under my employee's sub account, he just probably looked at the bank of info and that's how he was able to see, you know, how much I was paid and, and when I was paid. So at first, you know, I actually read this wrong. So he wasn't able to view or change the bank account info, but I believe those sub accounts still tell you what your amount was. So what your amount was, Hey, 
on this date, you were paid this, but you don't know to what bank account or anything. So that's how he was able to verify it. So can you imagine here, like what, what was this guy saying here? What could have happened if that sub account had more access? What could have happened in this situation? Yeah. It sounds like what the guy was going for is just direct access to their bank account, right? Yeah. So this business owner had really good precautions in place, limited his employees access, and that ended up paying off in the long run. Yeah. So th this is super scary because first of all, the, some points I take from this is, hey, if you have other employees handling stuff on your account, don't give them admin access. Don't give them ability to change the bank account because what this other seller could have done as soon as he accessed his account, he'll change the bank account to his own bank account. And now all his money is going there. So that's the first thing that, that, that happened, right? But guys, make sure your employees are trained too, not to click on links, not to allow yourselves to be duped over the phone by these people. This was a very sophisticated person here who, who really knew what they were doing. So uh, I'm sure they do this. Uh, this is not the first time and only time, you know, there's probably other sellers that are trying to get out there. So guys, make sure to stay vigilant, make sure that your employees, your VAs, whoever has access to your account, know about this kind of thing, because you could just imagine what could happen if this happens to you. Yeah. And I'll say one last thing, you know, we all always get super flustered and kind of, uh, I guess, nervous when Amazon or, or someone reaches out to us, it sounds like this business owner handed, handled things very calmly. At one point, he even said he was flustered and he said, hey, he wasn't comfortable moving forward. So just remember, you know, things are on your time. It's your business. Again, if this business owner would have given up his bank account information or something on the spot, who knows how much money he had in his account and it could have been wiped out. So handle things on your time, take your time, and I guess reach out to Amazon and, and directly if you really have any, any issues. Absolutely. So that's good advice for everybody. Guys, make sure that you guys are aware of this, these things and, and take that advice to heart. Now let's go to the next article here. This is uh, from last week. It's just an article about the annual letter to the shareholders from Jeff Bezos. And he, he said something strange and remarkable has happened over the last 20 years. And from what percent to what percent has third-party sales grown from? This is incredible. I love this article. So from 3% to 58% is the third-party seller growth. Incredible. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, 58%. And so how does he summarize that? He says, to put it bluntly, and, and the article has a Jeff Bezos with his big laugh and smile, but he says, <laughs> to put it bluntly, third-party sellers are kicking our first-party butt. Yep, absolutely. Now, now, this is something that I think some some are were concerned about last year because they noticed a big influx of like Amazon brands, you know, selling things. It's, it's not just Amazon. Is, we're not talking about Amazon Basics. I mean, Amazon has tons and tons of brands that are Amazon brands. But I'm looking here at this chart, and it's still gone up. You know, as far as third party sellers. So I don't think that there is this trend that some are worried about. Like, oh my goodness, Amazon's trying to take over the entirety of of Amazon with their own brands, and we third party sellers are screwed. No, even last year when we saw the most Amazon brands of all time, we also had the most percentage of a third-party sales here. So what kind of, just, just throwing out some numbers here, in 1999, what kind of numbers did Amazon do in physical gross merchandise sales? Yeah, 1.6 billion in physical gross merchandise sales compared to 100 million by its third-party sellers. And last year, Bradley, I'll let you no, no, yeah. First of all, though, the 100 million third-party sellers, I know some sellers now 
by themselves, one seller who does over a, you know, a hundred million, a couple of them we've had here on the, uh, on the podcast. Right. But then, yeah, th- this year, last year, Amazon's direct sales were 117 billion over a hundred X what it was. But at the same time, the third party sales are 160 billion. All right. So we can see what has happened with that, with that ratio. And it says, talks about, Hey, independent sellers are moving everything from diapers to diamonds and now collectively sell more things on Amazon that Amazon it does. Now, a lot of people are taking, you know, like in Germany, they talked about people pulling their products from Amazon. And a lot of uh, people in the fashion industry in the US are, are like hating on Amazon. And what's the reason of that? Yeah. So that talks a little bit about sellers ignoring the code of conduct, kind of suffering from piracy, maybe hijackers, things like that. So it's nothing that is new to us. We, we see this from time to time, a lot in the Facebook groups, and we see people worried about it. Yeah. One thing here though, that I'm going to call, I'm going to call the, the Bradley Sutton flag or the BS flag here is uh, this paragraph here from the, I'm not sure if it's from the article or from the letter to their shareholders. Let me see. It says Amazon has measures in place to fight these problems on site about counterfeits, et cetera. We invest tremendous resources to protect our marketplace from inauthentic goods. The company said in a reply to the move by the U S fashion group, noting that it has a global team working on these issues around the clock. It added that it investigated and acted on 95% of the infringement notice it received from its brand registry within eight hours. So this is complete nonsense uh, as so many people know that it's, yeah, it's probably investigated, but acted that almost implies that they've you know taken action, but nonstop. I hear from the sellers to say, Hey, I submitted an investigation or report that, you know, somebody hijacked me or they're selling counterfeit goods. And all I got was an automated reply. You, you've heard that a million times in the message board too, right, Matt? Yeah. And they said 95% here. So for the 5% of folks who are listening, who haven't gotten re- replied to in eight hours, comment below or let us know. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of folks listening. Yeah. You, I think we're going to see that this 5% is actually uh, a lot more than 5%, but Hey, at least they're trying. And, and, that, and that's, that's important. You know, uh, the, the thing that happens with Amazon is when they get bad press about something, they do take action and they are getting bad press about the, you know, they got bad press about the reviews, you know, a couple of years ago, that's why they took action and changed their terms of service. These days they're getting a lot of bad press about piracy, about counterfeit items and infringement. And I think we're going to see them make a move in, in the other direction. All right. Last, last article a day. This is from the Seattle times. Real quick. Go ahead. Real quick, Bradley, I want to go back to kind of those revenue numbers. So last year in 2018, Amazon, we said was doing 117 billion versus the third party sellers doing 160 billion. You hear a lot of folks worried about Amazon taking their business or selling the same products. I just don't see Amazon killing off a faction of their business doing 60% of their revenue. It's just not going to happen. They don't have the manpower for it. And like we always say, you have to have a real business and build a brand to succeed on Amazon nowadays. And uh, that's just not something that Amazon is willing to do. When someone buys your product, one of the first things that they do, or at least I do, is whether or not they have a great insert or the marketing within Amazon is great, I'll still go to that person's website or store and check them out and see what they're about. So one way or another, people are going to find your brand, find your company, and try and connect with you in a certain way. So I try and do things that Amazon can't do themselves, right? If you go to, you know, Amazon Basics or one of their other brands, you don't feel a, a huge connection to it. And just from, you know, like a, a marketing standpoint, you really want to make that connection with your customers and talk about pain points and things like that. Something that Bradley always mentions in 
when he's building the listing is, you know, pain points in your bullets and benefits that your product solves. So I'd really just, again, focus on building a brand and a company. And last thing is for the folks that are concerned about Amazon's growth. And Bradley and I are looking at a chart here that just shows Amazon's growth of third-party sellers and their first-party program just skyrocketing. I don't see that ending anytime soon. And I really view for the last couple of years and still Amazon as like an unmerchandised store. So picture Walmart that's three-fourths full, right? So it still has 25% of it is empty. And that's kind of how I view Amazon. So you still nowadays will search for products on Amazon and not find them. And that spells massive opportunity for sellers who are listening. Yep. That's great. Uh, great points, guys. So well, if you hear something about like the sky is falling just because, you know, Amazon's trying to push their own brands more, you know, uh, yeah, they are pushing their own brands more, but I don't think it's, it's, you know, any cause for concern as far as an immediate end of third-party sellers or anything like that. Now, now this last article here, we'll just spend a little bit of time here. It's in, it's from the Seattle Times and it's entitled Walmart is beating Amazon in a business worth $35 billion. And it's basically talking about how Amazon's dominating, you know, the voice activation game, you know, online shopping, obviously. But the one part where they're not dominating on is this method called or field or whatever called click and collect. So what does click and collect mean, Matt? Yeah, that's a kind of a new phrase. It's a hybrid of online store and physical shopping. So Basically, you place an order online and you go pick it up at a physical location. Yep. And so the the, the ones who they say are, are really killing it right now are, are Target. This is offered up to about a thousand stores and will be in all stores by the end of 2019. And for example, Walmart's grocery pickup program is available at 2,100 of their stores and will be in 3,100 stores by the end of the, the fiscal year. And actually, both of these retailers have additional click and collect programs that allow customers to pick up online orders at a counter in almost any store. Those numbers I just mentioned earlier were about like the, the groceries. Now, Amazon has something, you know, like that, like they've got the Amazon fresh pickup in Seattle, two locations. And then what's their grocery store chain that they're, they're, they're starting to do something with? Yeah. Whole foods. So I've seen, they've got a truck sometimes parked outside of the whole foods near us here at the office. It's called the treasure truck. And haven't stopped by to see what it is, but it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why they bought Whole Foods, because they can see this click and collect is actually, you know, going, you know, is they're losing market share, you know, perhaps on it. One thing, if you're a third party seller, like, for example, on Walmart, you know, you fulfill your own products, you know, you got to ship it to the customer. But like, let's say you get to actually sell your products to Walmart and they sell it on their website. Well, now all of a sudden, those products actually have a little bit of an advantage over a Prime or Amazon because there's an option for those where you can actually pick it up in the store within a day. And, and that's something that Amazon, Amazon yeah, has lockers and stuff. But uh, have you personally ever picked up something from an Amazon locker? I haven't, but I was just about to ask you. So I saw this weekend, this, is, this past weekend has been Coachella. We're out here in California. We see a lot of stuff on social media and a lot of folks are out there. I saw on Friday on Amazon's, I want to say Instagram, they had lockers actually out at Coachella. So I don't know if you saw that, Bradley, but crazy. So it it's funny. It seems like this article is pitching it as Amazon kind of has their back to the wall and they're trying to catch up. But I think it's actually the opposite. I think these physical retailers like Target and Walmart are the ones that are trying to catch up and get creative. So. Yeah. And because, you know, they obviously know that they've lost at the dot-com game or online sales. So they're like, wait a minute, what do we have that Amazon doesn't? 
And Walmart's like, shoot, we've got 3,100 stores that millions of people go to every week. And so like, let's double down on that. And so now Amazon is like trying to figure out, because like me personally, I mean, I've ordered 500 items from Amazon probably in the last few years. I don't think once I've ever gone to a locker because that's just inconvenient. You know, like it's going to come to me in two days anyways. I mean, why, why would I go to a locker? But then with Walmart, it's like, hey, you might be going to Walmart anyways, right? And there's a Walmart usually, you know, in the, most of the major cities, like right around the corner. So it's like, if you know you have to go to Walmart to get your milk or, 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 or actual groceries, well, it just makes sense. Hey, let me pick up my garlic press at the same time that I, that I ordered. Uh, and so I think that is something that Amazon is going to be looking into. How can they start capitalizing on the click and collect game? Because they don't have an infrastructure outside of Whole Foods that really allows for, for that. So that's something maybe, you know, third-party sellers can be looking out for in, in 2020. Maybe we can, we'll, we'll have something completely new. Like you, you can go to every Whole Foods and, and pick up your, your Amazon order, or maybe they're going to buy some huge chain like Best Buy, or I, I thought they, they were going to buy like Toys R Us and like make all the Toys R Us's like warehouses where they can pick up their stuff. I mean, yeah. something like that I think is coming. Who knows? We'll see. All right, Matt, any last words of uh, wisdom for our listeners here? No, I, I think just in terms of the last article with Amazon and Walmart and Target, I think Amazon is, is really just probably trying to service a small amount of customers, whether it's, you know, our grandparents or someone who still wants to go to a physical store or a grocery store and pick up their items. That's fine. But I think you'll continue to see uh, their e-commerce and online sales grow. Anyone who's come from like a digital marketing or, yeah, I guess digital background knows that, you know, optimization is key. And one thing that Amazon's great about that doesn't really get touched on is how often they're constantly optimizing, you know, their, their pages and their listings. And Bradley's touched on it a lot in, you know, different trainings and the ASS Amazon search shuffle method, right? That's basically just Amazon constantly split testing these pages to make sure that they're converting well. So, you know, you can rest assured when you've got a product on Amazon, you don't have to split test, you know, your Shopify store. Amazon in your your listing, they're constantly split testing for you so that more customers buy. Yep. So yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks a lot again, Matt, for joining us. Hopefully we can get you back on a, a couple of these AMAs in the future. I know you're, all your raving fans are, are missing you. My partner in crime, Matt Benton, everybody. Thank you very much. And we'll see you guys on the next episode.